Doing it this way, warming up, bringing it down into small pieces, getting peer review, those three elements. If you'll do that, you'll substantially reduce your rehearsal time while substantially increasing your efficacy in memorizing, in rehearsing, in internalizing, in connecting, and thus to create greater influence. Hey, it's Joshua Boswell. Welcome to another episode of The Speaker's Art. How do you rehearse in a way that is effective and builds your ability to have influence? Because some people, well, they don't rehearse at all. And some people, when they do rehearse, they rehearse in a way that's not actually effective. It just is going through the motions. And in a lot of cases, it's actually accentuating faults or weird quirks or bad you know, structure of language and whatnot. And so you don't want to do that. And you definitely don't want to waste your time. Time is absolutely essential. So what is the most effective way to rehearse your presentation? Not doing it is not not rehearsing at all is not an option, and doing it the wrong way is not really a great idea either. So I want to share with you three specific ways that you can rehearse in both a time efficient way and a results efficient way. In other words, in a way that will lead to greater influence in your presentation. I'm reminded of last summer, I had the opportunity to be in a great big outdoor performance. Now, this wasn't traditional speaking sort of a thing, but I did have a speaking part, as it were. And I was a main character in this huge performance, 800 cast members, and I had this part where I got to present. Now, I thought a lot about that. It was a short part, just a couple minutes. So I only had a few minutes to make a huge impact. And every night for about two weeks, that's how long the performance run was, for about two weeks, I would be standing up, spotlighted on stage, and have the opportunity to influence upwards of five to 6,000 people who would be in the audience at the performance every night. Well, that was a heavy load on my shoulders because I really wanted to make an impression and do a great job. And so I rehearsed and I rehearsed. And every day I would wake up and I would run to the top of this large hill and there I would put my headphones on, listen to my part, and I would go through my process. Now, something very interesting happened as I went through that. At first, it was awkward. And I didn't feel natural doing it. And then I did it over and over again. Every day, I rehearsed that piece at least 20 times, sometimes upwards of 100 times, over and over and over again. And I would spend anywhere from 10 to 60 minutes in this process. So the thing that happened that was interesting to me in all of this is at first... It was clunky. It was awkward. I was trying to go through the right motions and get the right face features and the, you know, the whole thing. And it felt awkward. And pretty soon I got really comfortable with staging and the presentation and my voice and the facial expressions, etc. And as I went through that, I began to notice the actual depth and breadth of the meaning of the script that I was using. 
I began to connect with and become one with this message. And then I went through it as I practiced and rehearsed more. I went through another phase. And this third phase was very interesting. You see, this was a play and it was depicting things that had happened thousands of years ago. And yet, as I became the character, as I became the message, and I understood the essence of all that was going on, I got past the mechanics and past the initial emotions and feelings of it. I moved past even becoming the character, and I started focusing on the audience. What was the audience bringing to the performance that night? What was going on in their life? How could the message that I was delivering through my script change them, inspire them, get them to take action? And I noticed that I substantially changed my physical actions, my voice and tonality, and the way that I personally felt, the energy that I brought to the stage. And you know, as night after night went by and I rehearsed and rehearsed some more, there was a noticeable difference in how I made that presentation. I'm telling you that story because you will have a noticeable difference as well. Rehearse a couple times, fine, you'll get it okay. But until you become the message and can move past the mechanics, past the nervousness, past the actual message itself, and step into the hearts and the minds of the listener and connect the dots between your message, your voice, your tonality, your physicality, your energy level, until you can connect the dots and how it will impact the listener and change their life, you'll have a reduction in your ability to influence them. Because influence is nothing more than meeting the wants and the needs of the people you're talking to and understanding what those wants and the needs are and then delivering solutions and calls to action that will help them accomplish what they want to accomplish. So how do you do that? How do you rehearse in a way that's both time efficient and effective in connecting greater, greater, stronger influence? Three things you can do specifically. Number one, you can warm up. Warm up your voice, warm up your body, warm up your mind. Lots of different ways to do this. Your voice, you can go through some simple exercises and skills. Uh, my good friend Roger Love has got a number of voice exercises that are fabulous around there, but easy enough you can go through a couple of different scales, going up to the top and down to the bottom of a different scale, using words like goog and gag and la 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 and ooh 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 and whatnot. But the point is, warm your voice up a little bit before you start rehearsing. Number two. Uh, or excuse me, and second part is warming up your physicality. A great secret that I learned from my friend Bo Eason was to get a rock and take your shoes off and step on the rock, activating various pressure points. Now, there's, it's been widely known that your nerve endings push down into your feet and your feet are connected with your entire body. Stepping on a rock and touching different pressure points and you know really activating those feet will waken up and fire up nerve endings all throughout your body. Also, it helps to do a little bit of physical exercises. Get on the floor and do some push-ups, do some squats, do some sit-ups, do something to activate, run in place for a few minutes, do some jumping jacks, whatever. Physically activate your body and warm up and then warm up your mind. Spend some quiet time for a minute or two thinking about your target audience, their hopes, their dreams, their wants, their aspirations, their needs, and focus on connecting your message to those things with them. Now, once that you're there 
and you're imagining end outcomes, you're imagining the impact, the influence that you'll have, you're ready to go to the second point. The second point is this. When you look at your presentation as a whole, I want you to practice the art of deep learning. Here's how you do deep learning. You deep take, you do deep learning by taking small segments of your presentation and then extracting them from the whole. Think of your whole presentation as made up of a bunch of compartments or containers. And you're going to go and sit down and you're going to reach in and pull out one of those containers and then you're going to rehearse and practice that piece of the puzzle. And then you're going to go and take another piece out. And you might be disjointed. It might not be start at piece of the puzzle or container number one, two, three, four, five. You might rehearse and you should rehearse container three and then container 10 and then container five and then container one. Do them out of order, disjointed, disconnected. Now, why would you do that? Because if you can master it in a disconnected way outside of the whole, then you really will have mastered it. Also, when your, neuro, when your brain creates data points, when it's all linear, it'll create the data points step by step and connect the dots. When you take that out of sequence and you put a data point here and a data point there and a data point here and a data point there, you're forcing your mind to connect the dots in new and different ways. This is called imagination. This is called creation. And you will see and experience your presentation in a totally different light. You'll be more readily able to find mistakes and to find things you can strengthen or to find really strong sweet spots that will allow you to present with greater efficiency and greater connection that you never ever would find just rehearsing it all the way through. So number two is you want to take out small pieces and rehearse those in a disjointed way. That's my second suggestion for you. Third and final suggestion, and that is peer feedback. Peer feedback. So once you have all the containers mastered, you can put them all back in place from start to finish, A to Z, 1 to 3, 1 to 10, whatever you've got there. And now you want to go through the whole thing with that new level of mastery that you gained from doing point number two, but you want to do it in front of a live audience. You want to have other human beings, living, breathing, pulsating, live human beings sitting in front of you, watching you, listening to you, critiquing you, giving you feedback, suggestions. You want to see how your message emotionally and energetically and physically connects with and resonates with them. And then you want to ask them to give your insights. What parts thrilled them the most? What did they get out of it? What was the single most important message that they drew from this? And you want to get live, real-time feedback on the whole thing. You want to do that several times. Now, here's the great part about it. Doing it this way, warming up, bringing it down into small pieces, getting peer review, those three elements. If you'll do that, you'll substantially reduce your rehearsal time while substantially increasing your efficacy in memorizing, in rehearsing, in internalizing, in connecting, and thus to create greater influence. And that's what this is all about. This is all about creating greater influence. So put these three secrets to use when you're rehearsing. Be sure to rehearse. Put these three secrets to rehearse, and I promise you, you'll have greater influence in your presentations. And when you do, 
Go out and use that influence to change the world. I'm Joshua Boswell. Thanks for listening. Bye. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Do me two favors. First, if your life is better from joining me on this show, please subscribe. You won't miss any of my new trainings and you'll get all the value that I'm going to give you and other listeners in the future. Second, right now I'm offering subscribers a special 30-minute power session with me. In just 30 minutes, we'll create an outline for the perfect presentation or speech. There is a formula for influence. You can sell more and move more people to action. You likely have all the right ideas, but you need the right structure. So in just 30 minutes, we'll build that structure together. It's my free gift to you. You just have to fill out a quick application and schedule a time for us to talk. You can click on the link below or go to thespeakersart.com slash perfect to get started. My focus is to help you speak for greater influence and then to use that influence to change the world.